Jumbo Ekabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This is season four, episode 34 of the podcast. So, hey, thank you for being here. If you're new here, welcome back. We're excited. I'm excited to continue um, to bring you this season that will go into the new year. And so what are we talking about today? Well, you know, there are articles where people that make multiple six figures um, are barely getting by, right? And yes, maybe a family make taking home $500,000 per year and complaining might seem a little out of touch, relatively. But the truth is that it isn't just the rich that fall into the trap of looking to earn more or chasing the next round figure in income. And so I'll be real when I say, you know, that I was first looking to first make 50K. And when I made 50K, I was like, oh my gosh. And then 75K became my happy number. And I would say when I got to $75,000 a year, I was like, okay, I feel like I can pay my bills. I can, you know, fulfill my responsibilities. I can also travel and do the things that are important to me. I can be generous in the way that I, you know, I, I want to be and still feel like I'm not being, you know, stretched in every direction, Right. Um, and then, oh, six figures. I was like, oh, six figures was going to, you know, that sounds good, you know. And then I hit six figures and I honestly, I was like, you know, this is not bad. So I'm not here to kind of, you know, you know, bash anyone that's looking to make a good income. But let's really talk about it, right? So in this episode, I'll be tackling the question of how much is really enough. And so this podcast was inspired by um, the pandemic phenomenon of being doubly employed. And I think I shared about it in my stories on my personal page, Well Worn Heels, and I've never gotten as many DMs or responses on any of my stories ever before as I did that day, right? Um, and so it's about you know, that phenomenon of being doubly employed and people where people are having like essentially two nine to fives and having to hide, but getting two nine to five salaries. Well, the employer expects that you're putting in those hours. So I'm not talking about those that work overtime or work two jobs at different hours. He's working two jobs, supposedly during the same hours and getting getting paid for that. So it was inspired by that because one of the people there was making half a million dollars. He, he planned to do it for a short period of time, but now he was so used to the money that he didn't want to stop. And even his spouse was not too happy about it anymore, but he wanted to continue because he liked the money. Right. And so it was inspired by, you know, just looking into that, that situation and also just conversations I've had with friends on the topic of how much is enough. So how much is enough when I don't compare myself to the next person? How much is enough when I think about my responsibilities, my priorities, my values and the life I want to live? How much is enough for you when you think about those things? And so I'll break this up by talking about a couple of different aspects of where we need to think about how much, how much is enough. So the first aspect is how much is enough in an emergency fund, 
right? And so if you don't know what an emergency fund is, an emergency fund are essentially funds that you set aside to cover unexpected expenses, such as a home repair or sudden loss of income or broken down car, just things that you could not plan for that happen. So it's not what you put aside for things that you know will always happen. That's an emergency is for emergencies, right? And they're not savings you draw from just because. Um, and so the general rule of thumb on emergency funds is that it should be about three to six months of your expenses. But there are instances where people may stay above or below that range. And so, for example, a young single person without you know, a family to provide for um, may choose to stay at the low end of the range or even lower than three months if they're willing to take that level of risk. On the contrast, you know, a family of three that's currently focused on paying off debt may choose to keep their emergency fund at three months while they throw their extra cash at debt. That same family can then decide to fatten up their fund after they've paid off their debt or whenever they get extra cash. And so I know of people that during the pandemic decided to increase their emergency fund to cover up to 12 months worth of expenses because of this uncertainty, you know, that surrounded that time, right? I also know that some entrepreneurs or people that have, you know, volatile or unstable income, because if you're salaried, you know what's coming when, right? As, a, as an entrepreneur, there are ebbs and flows in, you know, when you get income and how much that is. So I know that entrepreneurs that are more comfortable with 12 months um, in their emergency fund just because of, you know, the nature of their, 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 um, their jobs. And I give these examples to say this, that how much you should have in your emergency fund ultimately depends, right? So as a single person with no debt, three months would be adequate for me. Like I bumped it up a little bit in the pandemic, but three months, honestly, I feel good about that. I can sleep easily. If I were to lose my job, I will downside so swiftly that that those funds would probably last me six months. Now, if I had a family, totally different story. I would say six to nine months um, of expenses if I'm a salaried employee. And so that's, that's that on, on, on emergency funds. And then the next piece I'd like to talk about is how much is enough to quit your job, right? And I'm talking about this in the context of someone that might want to quit their job to either become a one-income family or for someone that wants to quit their formal corporate job to pursue entrepreneurship, for example. And so since I haven't personally done those two things, right, I did a bit of research and looking into what's generally recommended and what people have done, people that have been in this specific um, situation. So what, from what I found is that having one year's worth of expenses saved is the most common recommendation for someone looking to venture into entrepreneurship, especially someone without the soft landing of having a working spouse or partner or maybe living at home with your parents. So you're fully responsible for your own expenses for your living and you're looking to go out on your own um, one year's worth of expenses. So for those that have a working spouse or a partner or can live at home, they can get away with saving much less. So for the entrepreneur that's starting out, you know, while you're at it, plan to try to live on less while your venture ramps up. The more you can cut back, the further your savings will go. And so the same amount of money that's perhaps required for maybe six months could last maybe twice as long, right? If you're able to, to, you know, stretch the money a bit, and that will give you a bit of breathing room 
to and time, right, to grow. And so not having to meet your basic needs during this season would be such a blessing. Now, let's talk about someone that's potentially looking to quit their job to, you know, stay at home or be a stay at home parent and how much to save in advance of handing in that resignation letter or notice. Right. So making the decision, making that decision means the loss of one income in a two income family. And that's a big deal for most families. But it's a decision that many families make, for example, because of childcare is one example where one parent can choose to stay at home, the dad or the mom can choose to stay at home because of the cost of childcare. But before you do that, a couple of things to think about. One, cover big expenses before you leave. So for example, if you're looking to save for a down payment, bulk up your emergency funds, saving for expenses for the birth of your baby, um, or even paying off high interest debt. It is so much easier. You save so much more when you save on two incomes or pay things down on two incomes versus doing it on one income. The other thing you should look at is changing the and uh, reviewing the tax withholding information on your on your on your on your company's records to see if it can be updated given that you're now going on one income. Another thing to do is revisit your family's budget, right? And create a new one for the new situation. Examine each bill and identify where there are opportunities for you to trim your costs, right? And you know, you know that at the end of that, if, if you're staying at home, if one parent is staying at home, you know, to eliminate the cost of childcare, for example, you know that childcare will be gone once you hand in that resignation letter. And if you can, start to leave on that new budget before you actually quit your job. So for example, if your budget will be that you're going to cut out, well, you know, you can't cut out childcare before you leave your job, but if you're going to cut out, you know, cable, or if you're going to reduce your eating out expenses because you have one income, maybe try for the last two months before you leave your job to see, okay, how well are we going to do at cutting back on eating out, right? So practicing for what's to come to make sure that it's realistic and it's reasonable. But having those reserves, whether you're choosing to lose your job and whether you're choosing to leave your job, you know, to, to push you entrepreneurship or choosing to leave your job to be a one income family, um, having those reserves and plans in place will give you some level of financial comfort when you leave the job so that going forward, you can pursue the notion of living your life in a way that reflects your true values. Right. And you have the freedom of choice to also pursue your dreams. And then the next question we're going to tackle is how much is enough to retire early? This question is at the heart of the FIRE movement and FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And I'm going to do a podcast episode on my FIRE journey, my journey into being, you know, I guess, am I even a part of the FIRE movement? I would say somewhat, but I will do an episode. I try to do one personal episode every um every season and my episode this season will be about just my fire journey how i heard about fire what i think about it and and where i am as it relates to to you know fire retiring early and financial independence but anyway for the purpose of this episode if you're thinking about if you want to retire early how much is enough for you to do that and for the purpose of this episode i'll give a more simplistic response but bear in mind that how much you need to ultimately retire early depends on one, when you want to retire, where you want to retire, your responsibilities at 
retirement and before retirement and your desired lifestyle in retirement. Please keep that in mind. But a general rule of thumb here is to calculate your fire is to calculate your fire number. So know how much your fire number is how much you need to have to be able to actually leave your job, right? And so the general calculation is 25 times your annual expected expenses in retirement. And so the real key there is determining those annual expenses, right? So it's one thing if I say I'm going to have $25,000 in retirement, that will give me a total, totally different fire number versus if my expenses are actually $50,000. So you don't want to mess up this calculation. I think you want to take that calculation and then add another buffer, right? And there are many ways to calculate it. And maybe that in itself is a whole nother episode too. And we can talk about that. Um, but think about, you know, what kind of expenses will you have? Will you have a paid off house or will you still have a mortgage or be paying rent? Will you have education expenses for your children at that time? For someone like me, I'm in my thirties and I'm not married and I hope to have kids someday. So I probably, yes, I will have expenses for kids in retirement. So I need to think about that. Um, you know, what about medical expenses? So I would say come up with a good, reasonable, um, annual expense in retirement number, And then, for example, if I envision that I'll spend $45,000 a year in retirement, then I need 25 times 45,000 as my fire number. And that gets me to 1.125 million. And that would be my goal. But first, you know, once you know your fire number or the amount that you're working, you know, the amount that you're working towards, you know that that's the number you need to have invested so then you can leave off of the returns in retirement. Knowing your FIRE number gives you a goal to work towards and that allows you to live comfortably in the way that, you know, you have defined for yourself. And once you hit that goal, you are free to leave your formal employment. You can fill the time formally devoted to a nine to five with other things. You can explore alternative sources of income. You can work part time. You can relax and chill on the beach. You can move to another country. You can spend time with family. You can do whatever it is that you you know, have planned for that time of your life or that season of your life. And so that's all I will share on the fire number now, because I think I just, this is my first time really talking about fire, right? Um, I'll do a separate episode where we kind of deep deeper into my fire journey, but also then just define the different types of fire that exist today, because the fire movement has grown arms and legs. And, and um, I first heard about it in a 2015, 2016 timeframe, but I will have an episode in this season to talk about my journey and my thoughts on the, on the fire movement. And so we've talked about how much is enough, you know, in your emergency funds, how much is enough to retire early, how much is enough to quit your job. Now, the last one is really the big one. And so we're going to talk about that next. Right. And it's one that I think all of us deal with every day. So how much is enough to live your life every day? How much is enough today? How much is enough for you to live a rich life right now where you are without waiting for 40 years from now for retirement or waiting for 30 years from now for retirement? How much is enough? So I always say this, right, that I, I have a rich life, right? And, and that goes beyond money. And so if you're thinking about this question and you want to answer this question for yourself, you have to have defined what your rich life looks like for you. And yes, that means both in financial terms or non-financial terms. I always want to provide that balance to say, yes, I talk about money here, but I don't think that money is not the only thing to live a rich life. It's combines of both financial 
and non-financial you know aspects but back to the matter at hand we are talking about money here right let's not let's not kid ourselves from my personal experience right I've worked multiple jobs in college to make ends meet. I've worked in a factory to pay my bills after college. I've also worked in a demanding career for over a decade, and I've seen my income grow and more than double over the last decade. Um, And in all of that, I know that my time is my most precious resource. And so I make a decent six-figure earning And I want to be adequately compensated for the value I bring to whatever space I'm in, whether it's formal employment or other other avenues of of making money. And yes, I'm not going to lie to you. I have a target future salary amount for the next three years or so. And I share this for context. So it doesn't sound like I'm just this woo-woo, you know, person that I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not connected to reality where I know that, you know, we need money to accomplish certain things. Right. So I share this because I know that, yes, I I do set goals that are financial and non-financial as well. So so I'm I'm interested in earning a good living. I I totally am. Right. But I also know that I don't want money that costs me my peace. I don't want a 350K to 500K salary if that means I'm working two nine to five jobs like that guy I talked about that has a new baby and he's working two jobs to make five hundred thousand dollars a year. I don't want as much money that has me hiding in meetings or stressing over conflicting meetings from my two jobs. I don't want as much money that costs me time with my loved ones or peace of mind or rest for my body. I want contentment and I want generosity in every season of my life. Even when I'm a millionaire, I want contentment, you know? Um, And so it's always trying to find that balance. A recent study by Purdue, right? Um, and the Journal on Nature of Human Behavior says that income can correlate with emotional well-being and life satisfaction. Generally, people have uh, attained life satisfaction or feel satisfied um, when they make around $95,000 a year in the U.S. Depend- I mean, $95,000 a year globally. And of course, that will vary depending on where exactly you are with cost of living and stuff. And people attain emotional well-being at about $75,000. When I saw that number, I said, okay, I wasn't far off when I said 75,000 was the number where I felt okay, right? But not everybody's at that number. And how can we be okay wherever we are, right? The truth is that as a single person, I'm content with my income today, but I've also been content with my income at different times of my life before I ever made a six-figure salary. I think one thing that you may not know about me, I think I've said it before, that I took a pay cut when I moved to the UK, right? You know, I have moments too where I think, man, I could do so much more or retire earlier if I had more money. And, and, and yes, you know, sometimes we talk about as humans, we talk about how we'll do so many more noble things for society and we'll be more philanthropic and all that stuff when we make more money. And that is wonderful. But I ask you, if you say your goals for making more money are to do more noble things, what have you done today with what you have? Because I think how you spend $10,000 and how you steward $10,000 is how you do with a million dollars. So if you're not building a habit or building in the discipline and building a lifestyle of generosity today, I don't think it'll suddenly fall on you when you have more money. And so in conclusion, I'll say this, right? How much is enough will differ from one person to another, 
But I hope that this episode has helped you think through your goals, right? Think through your situation. And now is a great time, right? As we're getting into the last, you know, form, we're in the last quarter of the year. Now is a great time to revisit your emergency fund. Now is a great time to revisit your retirement goals to determine how much would be enough for the goals that you have set for yourself. And if you're looking to go down to a one-income family or if you're looking to quit your formal nine-to-five employment to go into entrepreneurship, now is a good time to think about what you need to set aside to accomplish those goals. But every day is always a good time to sit down and think about how much do we need, how much is enough for us to live our rich lives and live a full rich life now today, right? And, and, and I think consider, sit down, if, you, if you're single, you know, sit down with yourself and your thoughts or talk with your friends, or if you're in a, in a, in a partnership, sit with your partner or your spouse and consider your future plans. And, and that way, we're not just working just to work. We're not just making money just to make money or just to be like the Joneses. And if your circle is pressuring you, and that's different from inspiring you, if your circle is pressuring you to make, mom, to make more money in ways that aren't aligned with your values, then I think you should change your circle. And so I'll leave you and wrap this episode up with this filter that I use when I think about how much is enough. When I think about how much is enough for me, I always ask myself this question. How much is enough? And at what cost and to what end? Because it helps me be grounded in the fact that there's always something that we're sacrificing. And I should always be grounded in my why, to know the end of why I'm doing something. Thank you so much for listening to this episode 34 of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. I'm excited to be back. And yes, if you haven't subscribed and given us a review, now's a great time to do so. Looking forward to chatting and connecting with you and to the many Great episodes I have planned this season, including some amazing, amazing interviews. Thank you for listening as always, and thank you for the gift of your time and attention. Have a great day. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what, popping and you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as we go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odabo. See you next time.